Hey, welcome back to 115 Sports NFL Podcast at CSM. I'm Aaron Jeffrey alongside Dallas Dahlside. We just finished an exciting weekend of football. Some divisional round playoffs. Uh, four exciting games. We got two conference championships coming up. Dallas, how do you feel about this past weekend? How do you feel it went? Well, it was a pretty uh, great week of football. Jack Clark is uh, joining us as well here for another edition of the 115 Sports Podcast. Wow, I never get that quick of an intro when I when I come in late. Don't you worry, Aaron, you'll get one soon. But I'll be here late then, that's all I'm saying. Hurry up, it's not that tough. Oh, really? Yeah. So that that's the reason I'm always late? Yeah. It's, it's not because I'm doing something else, right? No, you're just late constantly. Okay, that, that makes sense. That makes more sense than me being I just did doing your, something else I just did your years. job, and it really wasn't that tough. So. Oh, wow. Oh. Sorry, who had to explain to you how to Ooh. do it, though? It was, I definitely could have done it myself. But you asked for my help. I Just in case. You know what, I didn't want to have you know to restart or anything. You can only ask things to get better. Like that's ex- You know what, Aaron? I just I look up to you, and now you're giving me this. So No, no. I'm saying asking questions gets you better. There you go. You know what I, just, you know what I, I love this week, though? And help. You know what? You know what I'm loving this week? What I'm loving? loving that I have a chair beside me. I'm in a new spot this week. I don't like it. I got to be honest. Dallas, you don't like it? It's a weird... Da- Dallas kind of smells, and I don't oh, really want to sit next wow. to him. Guys, this is a... This is a friendly family Anyways, podcast. Anyway, I'm just so joking. Dallas probably smells great. I don't. This week on the Dallas. podcast, we're obviously going to go over the four games this past weekend that just happened. A lot of exciting things happened. Uh, not many upsets. I think only one unexpected upset out of the four. So 25% were upsets. Uh, then we're obviously going to talk about the head coaches. Uh, CFP playoffs. I guess that's CFP stands for college football playoffs. Every, everyone was watching that. I'm, so you got it. You got to watch that. I think a lot of people are watching that. We'll go into a little bit about that. Talking about obviously the future of the NFL. Those players coming up for their picks in this upcoming draft, and then we'll go into the next weekend's games. It's only three left in the season. Well, four if you include the Pro Bowl. I mean, probably the greatest out of them all. The four left. Yeah. I mean, all the stars coming together and playing one fantastic game. Yeah, come on. I, I don't know. I don't. Even, I don't even think you have to watch the rest of the season. I, I think Super the Pro Bowl, Bowl is or Pro thing. Bowl. That's my question. Like, why would you want to play in the Super Bowl when you can go to Orlando and play in the Pro Bowl? I think the best bowl game is one hundred percent the Pro Bowl. I don't quite understand. I think why. one of the biggest slaps in the faces in all of sports is that you have to play in the AFC or NFC Championship, and then the week later. There's going to be at least one member on each team at this at the Pro Bowl. The losing teams will send at least one player to. I, I'm confused what you mean by protocol. slap in the face. I think it's the best thing ever. I don't. Yeah, I don't yeah. get. Are I, you I think it's an honor. On the, Are you slagging on the Pro Bowl right now? Well, let's they, let's remember here they about clearly, the other four American sports that have All Star games. Think, when do they have their All Star games? Guys, there's a dodgeball game in the skills competition. I mean. This That's is, just the epitome. Epitome. I, I epitome think football, football's of got it perfect. I don't. I, I can't you know. see. Okay. Well, and, what, and Dallas, in case you couldn't wonder, me and Jack we're very we're, sarcastic. We're, we're very sarcastic. Very sarcastic. Clearly, the Pro Bowl is a waste of time and money. But whatever. It's the only it way happens. to put. The anyways, best, the anyways. Most fun, you know what? You know players. what's not a waste of time and money, and all that is the divisional round games from last weekend. Some pretty solid ones. A couple, big couple I mean, ups if you don't like football, they might be a waste of money to you. But that's true. Yeah, and you look so comfortable with your feet. I'm up. Very I, gotta, I just had to. I got to throw it out there. Very relaxed. It's a relaxed kind of environment it's out good. here. Good. We just, uh, you know, yeah. been good. Anyways, let's talk about the uh, games from last weekend. That's what we're here to do, right? Yeah, sure. All let's right. talk about it. Aaron, you're hosting this week, so you uh, you Whoa, lead the conversation. I get to host? Well, you introduced. That means you're the host. Wow, I'm hosting. This is a big deal. Like I, I started. I wasn't even on the first two weeks. Now I'm the host. Well, wow. Maybe not next week. Now the, the producer must really like me. Whoever he, he or she is. Um. So. Jack looks out to see if there's a producer I don't think there. There's, there's one still there. not a producer there. There's still no producer. But where uh, did they go? We d- <laughs> uh, yeah, so the first game of the weekend, we had the 49ers versus the Vikings. This game, Jack, you were the only one that got this one wrong. You thought Kirk Cousins and the Vikings were going to beat the 49ers. Yeah. I'll give you one thing here, though, Jack. The odds, the spread, going into this game was seven points. I thought the Vikings were going to cover that spread 100%. I did not think... That the 49ers are going to blow this game open like they did. I'm very impressed with the 49ers. Still don't think they're a top team that's going to win the Super Bowl. I just, I got to 
I just don't have a good feeling about the 49ers. And, like, I just don't know. Both teams that advance the NFC, I just don't... I'm very surprised they're both where they are. I just don't really have a good feeling about any of them. And that's why I went with the Vikings this week. I just had liked watching... I liked the. I thought the Vikings were a better team. I thought Kirk Cousins was going to play well. And obviously not a better team. But I just think the 49ers can collapse at any time now. And I don't think anyone would be really surprised. But, uh... It's is it really a collapse right now if they're in the NFC Championship game? Like this season's a success for them at this point. I don't think you can call any team that's made it this far. Yeah, I don't think you can like call a... a collapse really. Once you make it out of the wild card round, I don't think you can call it a collapse. No, in any like, way. I don't think anyone saw the 49ers going this far at the beginning of the year. So I think the 49ers take this year as a massive success. A massive success, no matter what happens this weekend. So. Yeah, I picked the Vikings though. Just thought they had a they had a good chance in this one. Kirk Cousins is going to step up and. Uh, play well but uh, the 49ers defense was smothering as it has been all year and Kirk Cousins didn't really stand a chance at all yeah Dallas what do you think about this one where did you see it you know the the way I saw this one is that uh, you know Minnesota is coming off a very big emotional win in New Orleans the past week in the wild card game similar to what happened uh, the previous year when they played New Orleans and they had that big Minneapolis miracle and then they showed up to Philly in the following week and got killed. They didn't get killed this week, but they didn't really look great. Delvin, they couldn't get the running game going. Dalvin Cook only rushed the ball for nine times. He only had 18 yards, which is just a huge uh, confidence booster for the San Francisco 49ers heading into the NFC Championship game, knowing that they were able to completely halt Delvin Cook. And they, they just got a ton of pressure on Kirk Cousins. Kirk didn't have a lot of time in the pocket. Early on, they looked okay, but as the game went on, you could really tell Cousins wasn't all that comfortable in the pocket, and he's not much for his legs uh, like uh, as other quarterbacks are in this league. Cousins mostly does his damage in the pocket, so... He was kind of almost a sitting duck with their O-line, with the Vikings O-line. So, you know, this one, I and that's another thing about Jimmy G. He didn't do a whole lot either to win this game. This The game was won by the defense shutting down Cousins. I think that's the one thing you see, though. It's a lot of defense came into this game. And I think the Vikings are one of those teams that if you try and get in with a shootout with them, they're probably going to beat you because they have so many deep threats on that team that can just blow you, like, get right by the defensive backs and everything. So I think that was the difference in this game. You saw a lot of games they won were a lot of high-scoring games. In this game, they weren't able to score a lot of points, and they're not going to win. Well, the biggest the biggest difference between this game and the Saints game the week before is that the Saints didn't really get a whole lot of pressure on uh, Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. and he had time to, uh, to get the ball to those weapons. I mean, Dalvin Cook, Stefan Diggs, Adam Thielen. If you give him time, he's going to find one of them. Those guys are all lethal. So, and I think that he just didn't have the opportunity to look to connect with these guys just because the pass rush was so ridiculously successful for the 49ers. So that's what I think the biggest difference between these two games were. Yeah. All right. So the yeah. So the 49ers beat the Vikings. They had two championship round. Next game on that day was the Titans versus the Ravens. Can you we give what? a round of applause to Dallas here? I mean, I feel like that's deserved, don't there you? There we go. That's I what mean, I'm talking I feel about. like you, you got to give them a lot of credit a six for this. Over one. For that's this, pretty big. Yeah, for this pick. big, big victory uh, was called on the previous podcast. I called the Titans on the road, and uh, the reason, kind of, why I thought it was exactly what ended up happening: Derrick Henry was uh, unstoppable yet again this season. 195 yards on the ground. It's a playoff record. For um for a uh, well not overall playoff record but it is for um so far he ran for 195 yards in the divisional round which is uh, a record. Yeah, pretty crazy game for Derrick Henry. The guy is a one man wrecking crew. I mean, we, let's be honest here with each other here, uh, folks. He's the reason they're in the AFC Championship game right now. Ryan, Ryan, Ryan Tannehill was totally done, uh, was totally irrelevant in this one. His job is to hand the ball off to Derrick Henry, and then when they need just a couple of yards to help Derrick Henry out, he's able to do that. I, I don't even think he had over 150 passing yards in either what of the two he, games. What has he got like combined? I don't even think he has 100 and 200 yards combined yet between the two games. Yeah, and I don't even think hardly any attempt. They're not even giving him a chance to like be the successor. They're just waiting, which kind of begs the question... Why do they have to roll with Tannehill to find success? And how how have they not gone back to Mariota? To I think so, they're winning with Tannehill. Sometimes it's one of those things. It's just who the team wants to play for. 
Maybe Henry doesn't want to play for Mariota. That's been a critique uh, throughout Mariota, Mariota's career, even when he was at Oregon, that he's not a great leader. Now, when you're at that quarterback position, you kind of have to be the leader of that team. And I guess Tannehill connects with that group better than Mariota did, because I'm sure Mariota can do the same thing, hand the ball off to uh, Derrick Henry. I mean, Aaron Jeffrey could do the same thing. Well, it, it is. See, that's the one thing everybody says. It's so easy to do. It's really it is it is still a skill to be a quarterback well, to be able to hand it off. Don't don't turn the wrong way or anything like well, that. Well, don't turn know? the wrong way, and you also got to know when to, like a lot of play actions and stuff like that. Aren't you don't even know their play actions because they hand it off, right? Yeah. You don't even know what's a play action because yeah. they hand it off. That's why it's called a play action. Yeah. So I guess yeah, Tannehill. I mean, ever since Tannehill came in, whatever week it was during the season when Mariota got put on the bench, they've caught absolute fire. So. There's no reason to change what's working. I don't think that's no. even crossing anyone's mind right now is to put Mariota back in. Well, uh, if you just look back two years ago when the Titans and Chiefs played in the 2017 wildcard uh, playoff round, it was the Chiefs winning 21-3 to in the second quarter. And guess who led the Tennessee comeback in that victory? Mariota caught one off his head. That he did. Mariota was the one that led the Titans uh, down 18 points. Now, obviously, he's not really going to get the same opportunity again unless something happens with Tannehill, whether he throws maybe two or three picks or maybe fumbles a very on a key play. But I think this is Tannehill's job for the rest of the way, although uh, Tannehill's not really in the spotlight. It is all Derrick Henry. And a huge kudos to the Tennessee Titans defense, although they allowed yeah, a, lot, a lot of Ravens offense. They did come up with huge turnovers in this game, which I think was the main reason they got the win. Yeah, I think uh, we're talking about Derrick Henry a lot and obviously deserve, but I think we got to talk about how the 14-2 and Ravens just got beat by the 6th seed in the AFC. Like, did anyone... Obviously, Dallas saw this coming, but I think you ask 95% of people who uh, who follow the NFL, you they would have picked the Ravens in this game. So what, what went wrong for the Ravens here, guys? I think it's just one of those things where it's... Their run game has been their... Like, that's the thing they've built off of this whole season. And... When you come up against a team that does the exact same thing as you, and they do it better, they're probably going to win. And that's simply what happened here. It was good scheming I, on the Titans' uh, side of the ball. like They schemed well to stop the Ravens' offense. Yeah, the, tit- the Titans ran the ball well. And in playoff football, you need to be able to do both if you want to win the Super Bowl. So that's why I still don't think the Ravens are going to be able to win a Super Bowl unless they get... Like, I just don't know what it is. They seem to run the ball a lot, and I think that's the same thing for the Titans this year. I don't think Tannehill is going to be able to throw the ball and get different type of offensive going against the, I guess, the best teams in the NFL right now, especially heading into a like a championship round. I think we got to give a lot of credit to Titans head coach Mike Vrabel here. I mean, he went in and beat Bill Belichick in New England, and uh, just. He, the Titans looked better than the Patriots all game long. And then he went in and beat uh, Jim Harbaugh, or whatever Harbaugh is. Um, and he beat them. And if he beats Andy Reid this week in the uh, AFC Championship game, that's probably three of the be- top ten coaches in the league. Not not even top ten. Three of the top seven, maybe? Top five, even? Well, it's two of the top coaches in this decade. Yeah, it's like two, two of the, of the best coaches in the, in the NFL. It's two of the best coaches. Well, it's the best coach in NFL history, in Bill Belichick. And then Andy Reid's one of the best coaches we've seen in a while, and Harbaugh is a great coach as well. So if he beats all three of these guys, we got to start giving uh, this guy some credit for Coach of the Year, maybe. This is just crazy, though. Crazy run for Tennessee. Going into Week 16, they they were hosting the Saints, and they really needed to win to take over uh, the sixth and final wildcard spot. They're playing Pittsburgh. Both teams lost in Week 16. Tennessee didn't even know they were in the playoffs in Week 17. They had to win and get a Pittsburgh loss as well, or else they wouldn't have even been in the playoffs, and they were able to go and face Houston, who was sitting all of their players, and they came out with a huge victory with Ryan Tannehill at quarterback. So they've kind of been in playoff mode, I should say, playing for their lives uh, hence since Week 16, even though they lost. Since since that time, it felt like a playoff game for them. They're right in, they've been in playoff playoff mode for a month now and the Ravens haven't the Ravens have been on holiday mode for a month up until Saturday night and it really showed their their mental mistakes the drops by the receivers uh they they got down so early that the hole was way too big to dig out of it just looked like due to the fact that Tennessee has been kind of playing these games and been so mentally focused that that was the advantage that got them over Baltimore now on the other side of that though when does that come to an end because at a certain point like, that just takes a toll on you, and it's too much at a certain point. 
playing a full month. Well, I, I don't think Tennessee is going to win the Super Bowl by any means. I think their season ends on Sunday, pending another miracle by Vrabel and the Titans. But then again, anything can happen so far in the playoffs. And uh, Tennessee has had success against the Chiefs already this season with Tannehill. They beat the Chiefs earlier, 32-35 in Mahomes' first game back from injury. Yeah, that's fair. All right. But uh, that game was also in Tennessee, and it was way back when the Chiefs weren't very healthy. So I don't know how much weight that game has, to be honest. Yeah, it's also like it's just a different team. Like you watch the Chiefs play. I guess we can head into yeah the next game, Chiefs versus Texans. We all got this one right. We all said Chiefs. Pretty self-explanatory what happened in that game. Although they got down early, you saw the Chiefs how good that offense can be, and even though they might not have the best defense, their offense is just that good that they're going to put up a lot of points. You're going to... Well, they put up 51 this week. You're going to have to put up probably at least 30 points or more to even have a chance of beating the Chiefs. And I think that's going to be a tough one for the Titans because when they played Mahomes, like an injured Mahomes earlier in the season, they couldn't put up all those points. And it wasn't their real offense out on the field. So... I think that's where you see that game going, where I see the Chiefs being able to run away with this one. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll talk about it more when we get to our picks uh, later in the episode. Too, well, yeah, though. for sure. Yeah, I, I think in this in this game, though, against Houston, there are only so many teams in the NFL that can get down 24 points early on and have the confidence to co- make that comeback. And for one, you obviously need a quarterback who's amazing at throwing the football. And Patrick Mahomes is, I think, obviously the best throwing quarterback in the NFL, he's a top three quarterback in every single in everything overall in my books. So, uh, if when you have a guy like that, you know you're never really out of it unless unless obviously it's the fourth quarter and you're down maybe twenty or thirty something. But then again, it was the second quarter. It's the playoffs. You're fighting for your season. Mahomes is a leader now. He really showed it on the sidelines, man. Like the the guy. A lot of sound clips from him this uh, in the past week. The guy totally believed in the operation. And uh, obviously, the Texans had a couple brain farts. It was 24-7 at this point, and they tried a fake punt. Which... Couple, uh, two weeks in a row, Bill O'Brien's been questioned for his uh, play calls in big moments. And yeah, it's just like a not, not really a new topic in Houston. A lot of the Texans fans and the fan base isn't really all that big on Bill O'Brien. Now, I don't think they're going to get rid of him or anything, but... It's just really an interesting play call in there that I saw when it was 24-7. The Chiefs seemed to have all the momentum, and they tried uh, to surprise everyone and go for the fake punt. Now, if it works, it works, but if not, you're really it, feeding. It almost worked. I mean, this uh, Sorensen from the Chiefs just made a great play there. I mean, the guy had one man to beat, and Sorensen made a great open field tackle. So it, it, I think they would have tried it again if they had the chance because it almost it was very close to working. It's one of those plays that can win you, not can, the Super Bowl, but can get you. It can win you a playoff game because you look at every team that seemed to win as an underdog has always had to do something special. There's never they've never just outplayed the team there that the team that's favorite. Like they're a favorite for a reason most of the time. You have to you have to have something special there. The Titans right now, it's Derrick Henry. Had almost 200 yards the past two games. Like, that's pretty unheard of by one running back to have over 200 yards, well, almost 200 yards in two playoff games. So that's their special thing. You, there's just been all those. So they were trying to make a play there that would get them further and get the momentum going, just have more fun on the sidelines to try and beat a team that they're really not supposed to beat. And yeah, that, that's a good point, Aaron, because, you know, you, you do have to take risks in the NFL playoffs. You do have to take chances. You look at the Eagles when they won their Super Bowl. They went for it on fourth down. I'm going to be completely honest. I really wanted to mention that, but I felt like if I did, you guys are going <laughs> to rip me apart. So well, I was like, you know what? I'll leave that. That's a good point, though, because you're, you're facing Tom Brady, who's a, a five-time Super Bowl champion at that time. He's now a six-time Super Bowl champion. You have to do something spectacular to get control of the game and pick some momentum up and I, I get it it's it's not the worst call Andy Reid actually said afterwards in the game in the bill of, when they were talking that he liked the play call to, to for the fake punt well Andy Reid's one of the most aggressive coaches and most creative coaches in the NFL right now he's always coming up with schemes or whatever where he can get everyone on the field involved so I yeah he would have liked that play call 
Yeah, and ob- obviously the Texans, uh, the the defense just kind of they were playing a lot of man coverage in this game, and it didn't really work out to the towards the end. At the start, it, it really did. It really gave Mahomes fits, but then Mahomes was able to make some adjustments and. It's uh, hard. It's hard to cover Tyree Kill, Sammy Watkins, and man coverage the entire game. Plus Travis Kelsey, like it's almost impossible. Yeah, and once you score twenty four points in like the first first quarter and the first quarter, and you only end with thirty one points, I mean, you you you're kind of almost if you can get twenty four in the first quarter or almost close to it, you're you're almost expected to kind of put up more than just thirty one. Doesn't matter how close the game turns out to be, there is a chance that that team is still going to be able to score thirty one points. The, other, the opposition team. So I, I think a little bit on the offense too. They needed to do a bit more work as the game went on. Yeah, it's just, it's one of those things. Like it, when a team can get creative, like you said with Andy Reid, can drop plays like nobody else. And he has a mind that I, I wish I had to explain football. I wish I was able to see football like Andy Reid did. But it's just one of those things where a team that has playmakers and has a coach that's willing to use those playmakers. They're never out of the game, and it's very easy for them to put up points so quick. Yeah, it's never good to sit on a lead no matter how big it is, especially when you're playing a team with Andy Reid at the helm and Patrick Mahomes and these guys and all these weapons that the Chiefs had. I just, I don't know, I it was just, I wasn't shocked that when the Chiefs came back. Yeah. Uh, so our final game is the Seahawks versus Packers. I'm the only one that went Seahawks, and I'd like to explain. Pretty sure I psyched myself out i wanted to go all favorites heading into this i'm not saying that we did, we did a magic tr- magic trick didn't we jack we i think i don't i don't want to be th- a part of this this I was all you, dallas I think you guys did a magic trick here in some way you've tricked my mind i said right before i picked the chiefs that you know what i don't want to pick three favorites but you know what i'm gonna do it and then you guys started making me think like you know what i really should pick some kind of underdog so i went seahawks which you was were honestly, almost right. It almost worked out for It you. almost worked out, but it's still, I think, the stupidest underdog because I think the Packers, they're a pretty good team. They're, yeah. they're, they're a full team. They don't have a lot of... I'm still not convinced they have all these great players, but they have a full team. They're a well-rounded team. And they're yeah. healthy right now, man. Yeah. They are healthy. They don't have really any huge We're huge the- injuries that you're like oh they're missing that that and that guy oh they're they I don't no think chance. any of the, the teams Seah- really left do no, th- well, the, but the Seahawks were completely, they were so unhealthy. They, well, yeah. The Seahawks had like a preseason roster going out there. I mean, Marshawn Lynch, as much as he's a great name, he's not productive anymore. Anyway, well, he guy. did get into the end zone. Let's let's give Marshawn okay, you know, the inch line. The man comes back after just sitting on the couch all season and I gets believe into he went, the end uh, zone. 12 carries for 26 yards and two touchdowns? Hey, he did run it from the one, though, so Pete Carroll's at least learning something. He le- right? About uh, how many years too late? Let's, let's give Pete Ray Pete Carroll, a round of applause. There you please. go. He finally got there. Even Just though they still four lost. Four years later. They, uh, they still lost. But anyways, um, yeah, this game this game was basically Russell Wilson against the Green Bay Packers. He didn't have a whole lot of weapons outside of Tyler Lockett and DK Metcalf. I mean, his running backs were non-existent, let's be honest with each other here. And uh, the defense was hurt. Jer- Jevdon Clowney, who's their best player on defense probably, other than Bobby Wagner, probably uh, he announced the next day they needed surgery, so clearly he was nowhere near 100%. I thought it was a very impressive uh, effort from the Seahawks, who were extremely dinged up. How about Donkey Kong, though? That guy is going to be a force to be reckoned with in the future. Like, he is crazy. Donkey Kong Metcalf. Metcalf. Donkey Kong Metcalf. I yeah. like that. Because he looks like Donkey Kong. He's got the... He's uh, just so strong. What's the deal with the soother on his uh, mouth guard? Have you guys seen that? He always wears a soother on his mouth guard. I I don't know. Like, he is still a rookie. He is still a rookie. (laughs) Maybe that's, like, the rookie. Maybe that's the rookie. I don't know what it is. But anyways... yeah, so another big uh, big play on this game. I know Dallas wanted to talk about it here. The Jimmy Graham ceiling first down. Obviously, in my opinion, it was clearly a first down. Dallas disagrees with us, though. Dallas, do you dis- do you actually disagree with us? Do you well, actually? Well, I think just I just wanted to talk about this because okay. I know this was a huge talking point after this game ended. There was a pretty lengthy review in this game. Uh, it was third and five for the Packers, and Jimmy Graham appeared to get really close to what looked to be the first down marker on the field, which is just a yellow line on the field that shows where the, um, I believe, um, I don't know if it was, I think it was ABC doing the game. 
So ABC has a line, that yellow line that you'll see on every single play where they think the first down is. And that was causing a lot of controversy because where they showed where the yellow line was, the first down wasn't even close. It, it, it would have been a good fourth and one, maybe, you know, fourth and a half, half a yard. But the NFL review team went back and looked and it looked like that yellow first down wasn't where it actually was. Uh, honestly, if they were going by that yellow line, though, which a lot of fans were looking at, it should have been fourth and one. I, I mean... I, I do know a lot of fans were, were talking about this game, though, and they saw that the, where the yellow line was, and they saw where Jimmy Graham's helmet was, and they just assumed that that yellow marker is where the first down marker is, even though it's not Aaron. And if you want to explain it a little bit it's, more, I'll allow you to. So, yeah. So, the ABC team, that's who puts that in. I just want to make this correction real quick. It was CBS, but I just... Right, I, okay. I just Because it was Aikman and Buck, and I want to mention a pretty cool point after this. CBS. CBS, no, the, CBS the Chiefs and Texans did the CBS game with Romo and uh, Yeah, it was Aikman and Buck who did the next... Oh, Fox, sorry, it was Fox. Fox. My bad. Okay. It was the Fox te- team that did it anyways. Okay, whoever anyways, did it, the... Sh- I wouldn't even say it. The television team that put it on, they're the ones that put that yellow line in. The NFL, when they look at it, that yellow line is not there. When they look at that, their replays... That yellow line is not there. That is the most important thing whenever to remember. You, whenever you see like a, a close first down call like this, the commentators on 99.9% of the time tell you that line is unofficial. That's not like the official yeah. line of the first down. So when it comes to these close plays like this, you got to like you gotta wait for the chains to come out. And you you want to know who out. puts that line in? It's probably your buddy that you are eating Wild Wing with on a Saturday yeah. night. That's who could be putting that line in. He went, he went out for couple wings and a couple pops and he went out the next day and you know what i'm just gonna put the yellow line here it looks about right he's gonna mess up like anybody else does so you're telling me justin holmes puts the line out he could he very well could and in the future he very well could put that yellow line in there who knows justin holmes could be that guy interesting yeah it's a big job for our friend justin who i was having wings with on saturday night aaron yeah, I just want to uh, throw this out here. Um, during the halftime of uh, this game, Jimmy Johnson, the Cowboys coach, was elected into the Hall of Fame, and he was announced that he was in the Hall of Fame. And Troy Aikman and Joe Buck were doing the the commentating. And one of the coolest things I've seen all year is that uh, they did a shot of Troy Aikman, who was Jimmy Johnson's quarterback, like almost in tears about Jimmy Johnson getting into the Hall of Fame. And I just thought one, that was one of the coolest things I've seen all year in the NFL. Yeah, was it shot. was really neat. And Troy and uh, Jimmy have a huge friendship for like 40-plus years. Troy, when he was just a high school quarterback, Jimmy Johnson was raving about him when they when he went to Jimmy Johnson's camp in Oklahoma State, just raving about him. And then when uh, Troy Aikman went first overall in the draft, and uh, oh, he didn't he didn't go first overall, but he went in the first round after winning the Heisman Award. He went to Dallas, and Jimmy Johnson was the one that took him. So it's just real. Well, technically, he didn't take him, but he was the head coach, and he was raving about him for all these years. And they finally got their guy. That's one thing that a lot of people don't realize. Like the coach does have a say in that when they're taking a, a bet, like a, not a gamble, I guess, so to say, but they're taking an opinion on who they think like their franchise quarterback could be. When they're looking into that. The coach and the GM have to have a conversation because the coach has to be all in on that quarterback. Aaron, he saw the sheet. I seen it, and I'm a little offended, but whatever, I'm over it. I don't know what sheet you're talking about, but we're gonna we're gonna keep moving on. Aaron, we're gonna keep moving on because you know what? The audience cannot see what we're talking about, and you know what? We could have a lot of sheets here, and I don't want them assuming something. Yeah, because you know what assuming makes it makes a blank out of you and me, but. We'll keep moving on. So, I don't know what they're doing over there. I'm very confused. But, we're going to move on. So, head coach signing. Dal- Jack, want to give us a head coach signing? Uh, No, hold on. You say it. I'm reading. Dallas, do you want to yeah. give us a head coach signing? Because I've been okay. talking for a little yeah, bit. Gonna- I want to I let someone else explain the head coach signing. Because, actually, before we explain this. Last podcast, I believe I said Tom Brady to the Browns. I'd like to take that back now because Tom Brady's not going to the Browns. <laughs> because, you know what? Josh McDaniels is not going there. On Friday, when McDaniels was still in the Browns suite and talking to the owner for that long, I thought it was going to happen. And I was going to look like the biggest genius ever. And I was going to put that clip everywhere. And I was going to be like, sign me now, ESPN. But you know what? It didn't happen. So, 
I can explain. I think Tom Brady still not going to be a Patriot next year. I don't know where he's going to be, but I think he's going to go with Josh McDaniels somewhere. Well, I Josh don't... McDaniels is going to be in the uh, offensive coordinator for the Patriots. I there aren't really a lot There's of no better jobs, jobs left. left. I know. Unless I he goes see... to college, and then uh, I don't could he go to college? I mean, he could, no. but I don't think Tom Brady's going to follow oh. him to college. No, he won't follow him <laughs> to college. But I don't know. I just I don't know where I don't see Tom Brady being a Patriot next year because if you look at the whole system, I just don't think Bill Belichick. We kind like, of brushed over the signing, didn't we? Sorry, did we? I, even, I, I, we Kevin, haven't Kevin Stefanski. That's who, is I was going to say. Did we even? Uh, I was more talking about my last week thing, but yeah. Oh, so Aaron just wipes over Browns, the guy being a new head coach. It's like well, the biggest day of his life, and Aaron's wanna, like, "Let's wanna, talk about Tom Brady." I'm going to blow it over. <laughs> you know what? Nothing against the guy. Probably a very good football knowledge kind of guy. All I'm saying is, the Browns needed a guy that was going to turn around their franchise. Well, that's why Josh McDaniels didn't get hired. I don't know if you guys read heard about this, but uh, I read I was listening to a podcast uh, that I usually listen to. I enjoy it very much. Great content. Was it not ours? It different podcast from ours. Not wow. as good content, obviously, but still fairly good. Um, they said Josh McDaniels came in with a plan where they were gonna he was gonna clean house, gonna rebuild this organization from the ground, and uh, the G, the people in Cleveland they wanted a couple uh, football operations guy to stay in place. They liked what they were working with uh, here, and that's why Josh McDaniels didn't get a job because they didn't want a uh, clean house. And I tell you, that is the biggest mistake the Cleveland Browns have ever made. Yeah, I, I Cleveland agree. Cleveland Browns have been bad for so long. Only team this decade to not have a winning record. Cleveland Browns have not made the playoffs since who knows. I don't even think I was alive the last time the Cleveland Browns made the playoffs. All I have to say is the Browns need a change. And I don't think just signing random guys that are look good as offensive coordinators for a couple years is going to change that franchise. Yeah. I just don't think that's going to happen. I uh, I agree with you 100% on that. I think the Browns need someone that's going to come in and rebuild the culture of the Cleveland Browns because when you think of the Cleveland Browns, what do you think of? Losing. Like, there's no other thing that really comes to mind here. So I think they need someone, where someone who's going to change that culture. And look at Josh McDaniels. He's obviously going to try to do things the Patriots' way. Look at two polar opposite organizations. The Patriots are associated with winning and being just so good for so long. And the Browns are literally the uh, the anti-Patriots, or they've been associated with losing for so long. So I think a guy coming in from the Patriots organization into the Browns organization and kind of installing that culture into an organi- into the Browns organization would be good for the city of Cleveland. But uh, they didn't really want it. So I just I, I gotta th- I gotta say though. Just because you get a coach from the Patriots organization to be the head coach of your team doesn't guarantee you success. There's lots of quarterbacks that have gone to new teams and have tried being a head coach, and it doesn't work because it's just not the same. It's not the same staff. It's not the same personnel. You can't make a whole ton of changes, and I think we got to give Kevin Stefanski some credit here. Because he was able to lead the Vikings with a huge road win in New Orleans this year against the powerful uh, Saints squad, and, and we we should be giving him a chance. What 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 can he? How much of a difference do you think the Cleveland Browns ceiling has with just him as head coach and Josh McDaniels? Because at the end of the day, they're probably both incredibly smart individuals when it comes to football, and it's not really going to matter which one's the head coach and which one's not. It's not like they hired like a clown to be the head coach. They hired a guy that no one even knows about because that's a good thing that they don't know about him if you're an OC because one reason you do get known at for being an OC is for making a really bad play call. And Stefanski took the Vikings, who were a top-five offense this year, all the way to the wildcard round, and if it wasn't for the San Francisco defense, they probably wouldn't be in the nfc championship game so you're telling me josh mcdaniels is known because he made a bad play call no he's josh known McDaniels because he is one of the best coordinators like of this decade well what did he do this year what did he do this year he had no assets he had literally no he one. had nothing edelman what? was his top receiver what did, what did he do this all year? year edelman was his top receiver and this guy was listed as questionable i think every single week and the only reason edelman played is because he's like you know what if i go down i don't think the patriots even have a shot I don't want to interrupt. So how come McDaniels... But, here's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say that... McDaniels the, has been carried by the greatest quarterback of all time and the best head coach of all time. He's got the easiest job in the world. Can I interrupt? Why do you think he hasn't left yet? 
because he has the best job in the world. Easiest, easiest job. Yeah, he's not the best job. He's got the easiest. I'm going in. I'm cutting in here. But don't you think it's a good idea for the Browns, who have been associated with losing for so long, to kind of retry to rebuild their culture? Where uh, Stevens, the coordinator, uh, Stevens, what's his name? Stevens Stefanski? Yeah, I just couldn't, I forgot See, his you're name. you're just educated on the Patriots and not the Vikings here. That's what what's I'm, going on. The, what I'm saying from the, don't, don't you think it's a good idea if the Browns rebuilt their culture in a winning way that Josh and Daniels clearly knows where Stephen Stefanski is just going to come in and do it the Browns way? Would you rather not do it the Patriots way or the Browns way? It's like putting a kid that has gym class and art class and all the like Mickey Mouse classes in one semester and then the next semester you put them in like math and science and all these hard classes. It, that's the perfect example of Josh McDaniels. He's got the easiest gig in the world right now in, with the Patriots and then he's got to go and somehow take over the Cleveland Browns organization. Probably the most difficult head coaching job in all of sports. I don't... Wh- what? I think Josh... Don't you think Josh... Oh, there's a reason Josh McDaniels is still there. He's doing a great job. Don't Bill Belichick... You've seen put Bill up. Belichick fire guys that you thought... You've seen Bill Belichick sick guys in the Super Bowl that are top players in the league. He's been like, you know what? I don't like how you play. You're sitting on the bench. If Josh McDaniels wasn't a genius, he wouldn't still be there. So why would you not want someone who's clearly proved himself to Bill Belichick like immensely more than any other coordinator we've seen come out of come out of New England more than Dan Patricia more than Brian Brian Flores more than Joe Judge he's proved himself more than anyone in that organization to run your organization yes you, i think bill belichick and look at how those coaches do afterwards when they're out of bill belichick's world they don't do very good but what i'm trying to say is there's a re- Josh McDaniels has been under Bill Belichick for the longest out of all of them and i think the reason Josh McDaniels hasn't taken a head coaching job or is because he's waiting to take over the New England head coach. But job. obviously, Bill Belichick, who's the GM of that team too, don't forget, wants Josh McDaniels to be the next head coach of the Patriots. Don't don't you think every team in the NFL should want that? If Josh McDaniels, if it comes out, Josh McDaniels was willing to take the Cleveland Browns job, and the Browns went against it. That's exactly what happened. That's totally wrong because I'm telling you right now, it's not Josh McDaniels. Like, you know what? I'm waiting another six years so I can get a better paycheck from Bill well, be Kraft family. It's it's gonna be a couple couple more years. Bill Belichick's not just gonna up and leave in a couple in like a year. You think he's just gonna be gone after next season? He's he doesn't have much longer left, man. He's been at it for a very long time. Bill Belichick's in his high sixties right now. And a lot of people say when Brady's gone, Belichick is gone. I think it's totally opposite. So now. six years, I I get I would I would bet you everything in my checkings account that Bill Belichick still will not be head coaching of the Patriots. Maybe not six years. That was an exaggeration, if you know what that is. But what hey, I'm saying, but I'm is- saying it's probably only going to be another year or two. And if Brady leaves, I, I I could see Belichick riding one more year out, maybe two. I think I think they both want to create their own legacy, and I think Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is all about himself. He wants to be the best of all time. He does not want to have a dispute. He does not want to say. Oh, you had the best quarterback of all time. You had this. You had the best tight end of all time. You had all these things. He wants to be, like, the best coach of all time, undisputed. What I just don't understand what Dallas is saying, I don't understand why you would want someone who's just going to come in and do what the Browns have been doing for the last decade, which is lose, or why wouldn't you want Josh Daniels to come in and try to rebrand the Browns? Well, there's no guarantee that either of them are going to do the job, right, to rebrand the Browns. But wouldn't you want Josh Daniels, who has an idea and he has a plan to read to do it, more than Steven Stefanski, who's going to come in and do exactly what he, they've been doing for the last 10 years? You make it sound like Stefanski is like this like inexperienced guy who has no clue about football. He wasn't well, able to keep Kirk Cousins and Adam Thielen under control. There had to be apologies handed out there, left, right, and center. He was the one that on helped fix side. their offensive problems. He did what it. Are you he talking did fix about? it, but you don't think it... It still started with him. Yeah, because they have. Well, it could be. There's guys that have hotheads on each team. Stefan Diggs didn't get the ball enough. Then he got the ball. Then he was happy. Well, like, you, like, Stefan Diggs is nothing compared to Odell Beckham, Jarvis Landry, even Baker Mayfield. The team is full of personalities. And I think you need a patriot like mind who runs a strict organization that runs their team properly, makes sure everybody's in line. And I think that's what you're going to see. But that's why you know wherever Josh McDaniels goes, he's going to be so, so successful. It's because he's going to have the same mindset of 
Bill Belichick did. Yeah. There's a reason Bill Belichick wants him as the next. I coach. think there should be a conversation we should be having after this Brown season and how they do in their first season. I don't I, think we should be doing that you know the what? first week he gets quick, hired. Quick prediction. Let's all go around and say a Browns record for next season. What do you think the record's going to be? I'm going a seven and nine record. No playoffs. No playoffs. Seven and nine. Seven and nine again. Yep. Go Dallas. I okay. Well, I think they improve. Honestly, I think they they at least improve. The division does get tougher though because the Bengals are going to go nowhere but up after going two and fourteen. Uh, the Pittsburgh kind of gives me some questions. I don't think the Ravens are going to be the one seed again. I think, I think they're going to go ten and six. You just lost your mind when I said they weren't going to be the one seed again. The Ravens? Yeah, the Ravens what, aren't going to be the, the Ra- one seed. What are the Ravens again. changing? I'm pretty sure they've got some cap trouble. What? Okay. Have you? Did you not see this? There was a, no, there was like a new out. one seed the in the Ra- playoffs every year. The Ravens year. have all starters resigned. Oh, do they? They I have did not 45 see this, million no. in cap space. Oh, wow. I did not they see this. They are completely fine. That is the one bright spot after that Ravens loss. They have no off-season oh, issues. I've been a new one seed in the playoffs in the last five years. I'm not saying there's going to be a new one, and Aaron new... lost his mind. I can, saying, I can agree with you... Dallas that they not, might not be the one seed again. They're going to like go down a bit. They're not going to go 14 and two. That's just nuts. I, I don't think they're going to go 14 and two, but I think they're still going to be in conversation for the one seed. Like I just the that... point of my my mode is that the Bengals aren't going two and 14 this year, and that the Ravens aren't going 14 and two. Oh, and by the way. The Browns did hand the Ravens one of those two losses this year, so they're not they're not that far. They're not like a three and thirteen team like the Redskins, or they're not like where the Giants are. The Browns aren't that far behind. Everyone thinks the Browns are like this insanely bad organization, and I, I know that's what the history shows. But if you just go off last season, they were still seven and nine, and with a little bit more discipline from the coaching staff and a little bit more preparation, I think they can t- win two more games than they lose. Go nine and seven. Go ten and six. Get in a wild card spot. Maybe not go that far in the playoffs, but at least get into the like the race for the division maybe or get into the wild card you know they're not that far away though they went seven and nine this year and everyone was acting like like hell was breaking loose there it's like were they i I know a lot of people had dreams they were gonna be the super bowl champions but you know seven and nine is still like not that i know it's bad but cleveland for the cleveland browns i mean it's not that bad at the end of the day well what i what i've been trying to say during this whole josh mcdaniels conversation is that i think steven Savansky. i'm not saying he's an idiot and he, i'm not saying he's going to do an all right he's not going to do an okay job but i think it's going to be a lot more the same with baker mayfield nick chubb they've got a very talented roster i just don't think they're going to take any like they might take one step forward or two step forwards and maybe make the playoffs and if not win a game but they'll never take the next steps they need to be to work to to be where they want to be with Nick Chubb and Baker Mayfield when they have this culture of just being the Browns, like, unfortunately. Yeah, no, I understand what you're saying. I, I do think they, they do continue to take strides forward. They, they have some really nice pieces on the offensive side of the ball, so we'll, we'll see how much further it goes. I, I, think, I think they take a next step, though. Uh, let's get right into picks for next week here, ladies and gentlemen, gentlemen and ladies. We're not going to talk about the college football game? We should, oh, we should, I will, I'll give you we guys a touch on it. You know what? One thing. Sorry, Aaron wrote, keep it short, please, really long. I, here, I kept so that. I, yeah. I, so you, um, this is still an NFL podcast, but future of the NFL, I guess, still is college players. So, obviously, Tigers battle last night, LSU versus Clemson. LSU came out on top. Honestly, my opinion, I think Joe Burrow is a little bit overhyped watching him play in college he plays a very college system and uh i'm not saying the college system doesn't work in the nfl i'm just saying you're facing nfl defenses not college defenses this is why i think trevor lawrence is going to be out of the two quarterbacks last night i think trevor lawrence is going to have the most successful nfl career joe burrow a lot of his touchdowns last night we're off of big plays. So I'm not saying Joe Burrow is a bad quarterback. I'm just saying I don't think he's going to be as successful in the NFL. I, I can agree with that. I, uh, he's obviously not going to come out in the NFL next year and play like he did this year and throw 60 touchdown passes. That's obviously unrealistic to think. Um, the thing with Joe Burrow I think he's got going for him is that he's 23 years old. He doesn't have to really go through. He'll have to go through the learning curve, but I think he'll learn a lot more quicker than someone uh, 
like Baker Mayfield, or I guess Baker Mayfield's an older quarterback too, but say, like, let's talk about Lamar Jackson. He didn't click the second he came into the Ravens offense, right? He had to go through those learning curves. And I think uh, the Bengals are going to build some pieces around Joe Burrow, who, let's be real, he's the first overall pick. There's, I don't think there's any debate about that. The Bengals are going to take Joe Burrow. I just think he's going to uh, fit into that organization well. I don't think he's going to be incredible like everyone uh, else think he's going to be, but I think he's going to be uh, a pretty solid uh, franchise quarterback for the uh for the Bengals. Yeah, like he's obviously got a little bit more experience. This is his sixth season in college. He redshirted with Ohio State for a few years before making the transfer to LSU. And then now he's the starting quarterback in his final year uh, in college eligibility, I guess you can say. LSU was just so stacked all around, man. They are so stacked at every position. They've got five-star recruits all over the field. So does Clemson, obviously, but LSU was just so dominant this year. Um, the teams didn't know how to play against them on the offensive side of the ball. It was nuts. Burrow would run, and th- and it, here's the thing about Burrow. He did take some shots as well on the field uh, throughout this playoff run that he really probably didn't need to, but he does have experience of playing in the linebacker position and the safety position, which he did at, when he started playing football in the start of his life. So he, he isn't afraid to take those shots. Now, like you said, Jack, Trevor Lawrence may have the better long-term solution for a career, which I believe, but Lawrence uh, just has the better maybe body structure to do that. He's like 6'5". He's like a freak of nature. He's so tall. and He literally looks like a, he and he's so built like a franchise well. quarterback. He's yeah. got a cannon arm. He can run. He's huge. He's durable from what we've seen anyways. Um he just he has the build of a franchise quarterback. Reminds me of Carson Wentz. He honestly he does. It was weird to see him off target so often last yeah, night. Yeah, he though. had a tough game last night, and uh, I let's just touch on the game real quick. Obviously, we can talk about the draft, but I think we'll do that when the season's over a little bit. Uh, it I think it just came down to where the LSU gave. Uh, Trevor Lawrence, his biggest test of the season, obviously, and he couldn't quite handle it uh, playing against a, a defense like that. He hadn't seen one all year long, so uh, he he was off all night long. Didn't throw a touchdown pass. He ran for one. He missed. Oh, he missed over fifty percent of his passes. So just a tough night for Trevor Lawrence, all in all. Yeah, it's just a little bit. They had such a great start. They were up seventeen seven in this one, and then Joe Burrow took over in the second quarter. Uh, scoring three touchdowns, one on the ground, two in the air. They had a 28-17 lead. Lawrence was able to strike quickly, or, well, they struck on the ground there, and then they went for the two-point conversion, which was a great play. But then, all in all, LSU was able to run away with this one. Just an unbelievable season for the Tigers, obviously the LSU Tigers. Um, Yeah, it wasn't an unreal season for the Clemson Tigers. Well, it was. A a really good run. And they are favored to win next season already. The odds have come out for 2020 for the 2021. And just, be, and just before we move on here, I remember the name Jamar Chase. This guy yeah, is going to be receiver. incredible. He's going he's a, he's a junior next season. He's draft eligible next year. Absolutely incredible talent. One other guy, Grant Delpit, the strong safety for the LSU Tigers. He is supposed to go somewhere in the top 10 in this draft to the top 20. He wears number 7 for LSU. Some other guys that wore number 7 for LSU, Patrick Peterson, Tyron Matthew, Leonard Fournette. Do you guys recognize any of those names? Uh, some, 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 some big names there, I guess you could say. Grant Delpit wore number 7 this year, and the ongoing thing in LSU is if you wear number 7, you're going to be a great. So, Grant Delpit, Cowboys, make the pick. All right, yeah, college football is over now. Aaron can take, Aaron can smile. He's happy about it. We'll miss you, college football. We'll see you in August. Now let's talk about the NFL again. Can I clear this up real quick? I do not hate college football. I just find the playoff structure is so, I I don't know. It just doesn't, it doesn't seem interesting to me. It's picked. It's not a bracket. It's nothing like that. It's just picked. You know what? You could go undefeated and not make the playoffs still. And it's such a weird concept to me. Maybe I'll understand it someday. Right now, I just don't understand it. But, yeah, we got two games this week. Two exciting games. Or, could not be. Could be some blowouts here. I don't know. First game, we got the Chiefs versus the Titans. Obviously, we had a Chiefs blowout win. First team to be down by 20-plus points and win the game by 20 points or more in a playoff game. They're taking on the Titans. Dallas, who you got in this one? 
It's just really hard to not go with Kansas City here. Last year, they made it all the way to this AFC Championship game, and they ran into Tom Brady and the New England Patriots. This time in their path, it's the Tennessee Titans and Ryan Tannehill. I'm going with the Chiefs in this one. Uh, Derrick Henry is probably going to get his on the ground, but the Chiefs have an offense that can can overpower you through the air, and Mahomes is just kind of a better throwing quarterback than Lamar Jackson was. So I think that if Mahomes and the Chiefs can handle their business on offense, they're going to be just fine in this one. And I think Ryan Tannehill, they're going to get down in this game, and they're going to finally have to throw the ball, which is going to be interesting. Because if you look at it, they they faced the Patriots offense, who was a little bit lackluster, and then they were able to handle the Ravens. I don't think they have what it takes to handle the Chiefs. I think this impressive run comes to an end on Sunday. Very, uh, I can... uh... Well, I guess I'll go to my pick next. I'm going to agree with you on the Chiefs here, but I wouldn't be shocked to see the Titans win this game just because the way the Titans play football is just so much different from the Chiefs. The Chiefs you can the Chiefs could score on one play, to, uh, 50, a 60-yard pass to Tyree Kill, where Derrick Henry is just going to rumble down the field and take 10 minutes off the clock. It's very possible he could chew up a whole quarter in one drive, honestly. So I think if... Uh, if Derrick Henry does that again, the Chiefs have a, or the Titans have a very good chance, but I just can't see the Titans keeping up the run they're on. I'm going to go with the Chiefs in this one. And Aaron, do you want to he go He looks bold? extremely conflicted Aaron, right now. Aaron, so far in the standings, let me tell you this. Jack and I, so far through the eight games, Jack and I have predicted five out of the eight. You have only predicted three out of the eight. If you want to be a champion, Aaron, you got to go bold or you got to go home. He's stressing. so conflicted. So... I going into this, I am honestly like, you know what, Chiefs, Chiefs, Chiefs. <sighs> so the Chiefs can have moments where they're very, very good, but they can have moments where they're not so good. And I could see them having a moment when they're not so good, and Derrick Henry just abuses them and wastes so much clock and doesn't give the Chiefs the opportunity to get back in this game if the Titans take an early lead. But you know what? I'm. St- He's so. Conflicted. Oh, I don't know what to do. Wow. He's so conflicted. I didn't think you'd be so 50 50 on this game, Aaron. I wasn't. I honestly, I'm I, so confident into the going into this. If I'm I can just cheese. add something, I would not be surprised at all if the Titans win this game. Like I, I get why you're conflicted because in deep down, I can see why you're conflicted. You know what? Seattle Seahawks last six seed to make the make the Super Bowl. Who they have? They had Marshawn Lynch. I'm going Titans. Good running back. That's why they're making. I love the call. Wow. I, I wish I had the guts to make this call. Titans. I wish I had if the they, guts. If they to had make anyone better playing quarterback, just in case they I do get into that don't. shootout style, at, like Ryan Tannehill, I just I know I can't have. I, him. I can't have it. But you know what? I'm just I, I'm going bold. I'm going bold. I'm going Titans. You know what? I think something crazy is going to happen. There's, I, I there's, there's got to be a story eventually. There's got to be some stories in the NFL. I can definitely see it happening. I don't hate the pick at all, Aaron. I don't hate it at all. Good for okay, you, Aaron. The Good next for one, you. we got 49ers versus Packers. I'll start this one off. This one's a little simpler for me. I'm going to go Packers. 49ers, very good team. I just don't think their offense is strong enough to compete with a top-level defense. And I think the Packers are going to be able to put up points in this game. I think Aaron Rodgers, he's he can make a lot of big plays out of nothing. And they have two big playmakers on that team. They have Devontae, Ma- Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones. And I think they're going to be able to beat the 49ers. I think it's going to be a very close game, a very fun one to watch. Nice. So again? you have a Packers-Titans Super Bowl. I know. It's crazy. <laughs> that is <I> did- not <laughs> happening. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> okay. That is absolutely I think the ratings. Why not? Absurd. I think the ratings in that game would be like, yeah, <laughs> down not be good. But the, who in knows? the pooper? Um, I'm gonna go with the 49ers here, and uh, the reason I'm gonna go with the 49ers here is the fact that the Packers only really have Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones, and I think the 49ers defense is so 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 good on that front line. I think the front line can uh, can shut down Aaron Jones, and I think uh, Richard Sherman will do a pretty good job on Devontae Adams, and I think I think um, once you cancel out. Jones and Adams, which I think the 49ers will be a good job at handling them both. There's not many playmakers on that Green Bay offense. Obviously, Aaron Rodgers can pull some magic out of anywhere, but uh, like the only other guy you think about on that offense is 
Jimmy Graham, who was good. The last time he was a elite tight end was five years ago. So I just see this 49ers winning this just because I think they're going to shut down the playmakers and Green Bay doesn't have anything, anyone to really step up. So that's why I'm picking the Niners here. And I don't, I'm just going to throw this out here right now. I don't really like either of these teams in the NFC uh, championship game right now. So I am rooting hard for the AFC to win the Super Bowl. Oh yeah, I like your pick, Jack. I'm not going to agree with it, though. I'm going to roll with Aaron Rodgers, who is the better quarterback in this one, to beat the 49ers in Santa Clara. Uh, it's interesting, though. When these two teams played earlier this year on Sunday Night Football, the 49ers laid an absolute whomping on Green Bay, which was kind of surprising in a way because it was a national televised game and everyone was expecting a really good game and then San Fran ran away with it. I don't think Aaron Rodgers is going to let that happen twice in one season. I expect the the Aaron Rodgers to be phenomenal in this game. And I, I, we haven't really seen Jimmy Garoppolo uh, you know, be that amazing quarterback besides that one game against the Saints this season when they ran away with it or when they won that big shootout against the Saints. But besides that, that's the only game I can think of when I've seen Jimmy Garoppolo really be magical in a game. And part of it was George Kittle caught that fourth and two pass and then he dragged the Saints along for a 40-yard gain plus the flag at the end. So, you know, Jimmy Garoppolo is going to have to do just enough to win, but I really like Aaron Rodgers to be the better quarterback. Two really young head coaches in this game, Matt LaFleur and Kyle Shanahan. Shanahan, I guess, has experience because he was a Falcons coordinator when they went to the Super Bowl. But then, 28-3, uh-oh, uh-oh, 28-3 for Atlanta ended in a uh, Patriots Super Bowl. So, I, you know... Uh, yeah, it's it's tough. It's tough to see the 49ers winning this game at home and going on to win the Super Bowl. I think the Packers, it's their year. Wow. All right, there we go. We got our picks in. Yeah. That's it. That's fair. Are we going to pick the Pro Bowl next week? Like, who's going to win the Pro Bowl? Of course. What do you mean? We're not, wait, what? We're not going to pick the most exciting game of the season? That's fair. I know, okay. but like, in all seriousness, I, I have a fun question for you guys. Though. Oh, we're adding one more question. We, we have some fun stuff. Oh. We're going to add a little bit of fun to this. Okay. Last week, we talked Wii Sports. Okay, I, I, have, I like it already. I, I have like a question. Where we're headed. So, I know you've probably played Madden at some point in of your life. Of course, I think I've played Madden. I don't think I've played Jack and Madden. Me and me and Dallas have a little series going. Uh, we've played nine times, Aaron. You and I. I have won five. You have won four. It's a competitive series. Very competitive. But I like to hear from you. Not sure if you remember them all. Are you talking to me? Uh, just anyone. Oh, okay. What's your favorite Madden game? Oh, I of know all time. I got this. Dallas, uh, I, I, go I got mine. Dallas, I'll what's go yours? first. It's NFL 2K5. It had Terrell Owens Ooh, on the cover in a Philadelphia five. Eagles jersey. This was the first football video That's game I've ever had. Actually, the first video game I've ever opened. I was a young boy in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, and for Christmas I was given a PlayStation 2 with two games, including NHL 2K5 and NFL 2K5. Shout out oh. to Martin St. Louis, who was on the cover of the 2K5 game. But back to the NFL game, this game was just so much fun. You could play with Michael Vick in this one. Uh, the Cowboys didn't have Tony Romo yet at this point. They had Quincy Carter before he got into a bunch of trouble with the law. So that was a lot of fun to play with Quincy Carter and the Cowboys. Um, but yeah, it's just such a fun game. They had um, an arcade mode. You could be do the franchise. Just, just a ton of fun. Wow, that's exciting. Honestly, a lot of, a lot of times that happens... This is my first real memory playing video games. Goes back to the Wii. Madden 10. Oh. I don't know if you have this game. My gosh. I just remember there was a 7 versus 7 mode that I would play almost every day after school for a good, like, I don't know, probably like three hours. And you could sit there and you could do a point and pass or you could just, like, you had to put your the Wii remote over and tap the... Receiver, one of my favorite games ever. Brought one of my closer friends at the time. Brought us really close. Played it almost every day. So much fun. One of my favorite games. Obviously, wasn't like an online game, but it was one of. It, it's by far my favorite NFL or Madden game, whatever you want to call them. I uh, my story is quite similar to Dallas's, where I was given a PlayStation Two and uh, two games as well. Except they were NHL 07 
with Alexander Ovechkin on the cover, and then Madden 08 with Vince Young on the cover. And I played NHL 07 a lot, but Madden 08 is what I played every single day. It was my favorite game of all time. My dad and I, we used to sit in my room and play Madden 08 every single night. Uh, I just, LaDainian Tom, I, obviously I picked the Chargers. LaDainian Tomlinson was the running back. I mean, the Chargers went 14-2 and the year before, so the record in that game was 14-2, and and their team was stacked. I just remember playing this game so much and so vividly. Just a lot of childhood memories sitting in my room with my dad playing Madden 08, and it'll, it'll forever be my favorite Madden game because of those memories. Fair enough. You know what? Video games, a lot of fun. That is interesting how the latest video game that we liked the most was 10 years ago. Yeah. My, here's what I'm hearing. Just Isn't bring back the, the PlayStation 2. Well, I think here's the thing, though. Honestly, I love Madden 20. Like, I love love all the things they've added to it. Superstar KO is a lot of fun. I'm just saying, maybe in 10 years, Madden 20 will be my favorite. But the older style games were just so much fun to play. And honestly, going back to like, NHL 94 and stuff like that when they added that mode in that was like it wasn't even the real mode It wasn't even the real NHL 94, but I could feel like how fun that game must have been for someone that always wanted to play a hockey game And they got to play NHL 94. It was just it would have been so part cool. of it was just being a kid, too We didn't know what the rules were. We didn't yeah. know at what uh, who was the best We knew some some things but a lot of it was we learned through video games. We didn't learn I, through the TV. We learned through true. video games. And now we we know a lot. Well, we don't know everything, do we, uh, Jack and Aaron? We know some things, though, right? But now when we play a video game, it's not that, like, there's no surprise element unless you play on and you know you're going to get a surprise element. There's there's nothing that's going to stand out, really, that's going to wow you anymore. You know, it's, it's just... I don't want to say it's it's boring now, but it's it's just not how it was back then when we didn't know and what I, was yes, coming. Right. I don't think we'll ever have the same memories on the new games that we did when we were kids. Like you said, when the reason you love the uh, the Madden 10 so much is because you played it with one of your best friends, right? You went through it. You it was your first ever Madden game. You got it for Christmas, whatever. I played it with my dad. We'll never have these memories with the brand new games kind of thing. So. That's why I think the new games will never stack up to the old games, in our minds, anyways. Yeah, yeah. I agree yeah. with that. Fair enough. Well, Aaron, I love the question, though. Yeah, yeah. That's, great that's question. Mark to some good memes from playing 2K5 great back question. in the day. Who was on the... Let's do a quick quiz here. You oh, got to name... We'll each name one, and you got to name who was on the cover. Oh, that's just easy. Okay. Uh, Madden 25. Barry Sanders. Barry, yeah. There you go. We'll do a little quiz here to see Kay. who gets All right. Da- Dallas at one. Dallas got one. Okay. Um, Madden NFL 12. Oh. Um. Browns. Oh, Peyton Willis or Willis, whatever his name is. I was going to say, Fitz was around there, was he not? Fitz and Palomalo were 11. That's what it was. Uh, I guess. No, sorry. Fitz and Palomalo were 10. Drew Brees was 11. Was it two? Oh nine was Rogers. Okay, was it two K four? Sorry, Favre. It was Favre. Yeah, I was gonna say it was Favre. Two K. Uh, was it two K four or two K five? Was my no, favorite. No, two K. I think it's two K four. The one before it was who? Well, I'm not answering the question. When was um, Sean Alexander on the cover? That was oh seven. Oh. Oh four. What's oh four? I didn't have that video game, so I wouldn't really know. I when would only Randall, know. I know five. Randall Cunningham was on the cover at some point, like in the early two thousands. Like it was oh two, he was. Anyways, gotta look this up. Hold on. I so did, you just I'm, came up with a game. You no, didn't really no, no, no. Two K four was Vic, I think. There you go. It was Madden. Oh right, Vic. yeah, because that was. I knew it was cheap. Vic, but I was making sure it was two. It's not two K. It was 2K. Madden two thousand four. Uh, last one, Madden thirteen. Oh come on, guys! Was it? It wasn't Brady, was it? Nope. No. Was it? It wasn't. Come on! One of the best receivers to ever play the game. Was it? No, it wasn't Larry Fitz. Nope. Oh come on, guys! Come on! Oh my! Um. Oh, I'm disappointed. Does you guys want the no, answer? No, because no, no, no. Hang on, we'll get it. Give us just a second. Best well, we receiver don't got of that all much. time. Not it's the not... best receiver of all time, we but a great wide up. receiver. We gotta wrap this up. Ready? Ready? Give it quick. Calvin Johnson. Right. Oh, okay. Come on. I think you guys should. I should have career that. in Detroit, though. All right. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening to us ramble. If you're still listening, we thank you very much. 
We like you Guys, also, I think though. This is episode like sixteen. Like we are trucking wow. through them. Go follow us on Instagram at one one five sports. All the social medias will be in the description of this podcast. Give us a follow. Check us out on social media. Uh, we would appreciate it very much. We'll follow you back, maybe if you're nice looking and post some what. Wow. Is Dallas trying to find a girlfriend through the podcast? <laughs> Whoa. Whoa. Is that, that what that was? We, we're just trying to find nice souls. He said nice try- looking. That listen to this podcast. He said yeah. nice looking. I said if you're a nice looking person. You know what? Nice we're going to end this podcast because oh, we've gotten I'm, so sidetracked. I'm I asked just, a Madden question. I'm just saying. I, that, that was, that's what it sounded like from but, my point of view. Good night. Go Packers. Go Chiefs. Packers S- Chiefs Super Bowl. See ya.